listening to the Getting Smart Podcast, where we unpack what is new and innovative in education. I'm your host, Jessica, and today we're getting a chance to hear a snippet from a conversation Emily on our team recently had with Jamar Lee, a former student from the Iowa Big School in Cedar Rapids. Emily met Jamar at an education reimagined event focused on learner-centered education and had to hear more about his school experiences. About two minutes into their conversation, Emily realized she needed to capture his story so that you could all hear it too. You'll know why in just a minute. Before we jump into Emily's conversation with Jamar, here's a bit of background. Emily begins by asking Jamar about his experiences in school and what was so different about Iowa Big. Iowa Big is a place-based school in Cedar Rapids that is very learner-centered. It is a next-generation learning challenge and XQ Super School winner as well. By the way, before we get into the podcast, be sure to follow along on social media using hashtag PlaceBasedEd and stay tuned for our book coming in 2020. Now, let's get to it and hear from Emily and Jamar. So before joining Iowa Big, I would say I never really anticipated Iowa Big uh, would have nurtured me into the person and learner I am today. Um, before joining Iowa Big, um, my sophomore year of high school, my journey through the traditional education system, I would say was very rough and rocky. Um, to say I was without a purpose, a mission, um, and I felt trapped would have been an understatement. Um, and this all rooted about second grade um, when my behaviors of ripping up papers, running away at recess, and refusing to do my work erupted. Um, the struggle of disliking school started. And so it started out with tedious consequences of, you know, mm, tomorrow it's time to go to the office, time to go to the cubby, or it's, you know, you're going to miss lunch or miss recess, or you're going to have to sit here. And, you know, time after time, my parents and I thought I would grow out of this, and things started to escalate. That wasn't the case. And so, you know, middle school comes around. I'm still being disruptive. School's not getting better. I'm continuing to get bored. I'm continuing to not want to even go to school. And so I was commonly asked during all this time, you know, like, tomorrow, what is it that makes you so upset? Or what makes you dislike school so much? And I couldn't articulate how I was feeling. I didn't have the context of the language as I do now. And so I'd be like, I don't like school, or school isn't for me, or I don't like the way I'm being taught. And the common responses were, Jamar, you know, this is how school is. You're going to have to get used mm-hmm. to it. Or Jamar, like, look at all the other people that have gotten through. You will, too. Push through. And so I pushed through, and time after time, you know, I'd have more behavior, more behavior issues, or I would just not do my schoolwork, which then would result in my GPA taking a downhill spiral, you know, any kid, even those that don't like school, that still affects them, even if they don't care about learning, you know, seeing their GPA going down. So then it was a a low self-fulfillment, you know, self-esteem was going down as well. And so high school rolled around, and that dislike for school is still there, and it's growing and growing. And what I call Mountain Jamar, of all the time of being told to push through, that there's nothing they could do for me, they could help me here and there, but it was really not what I needed. I went into the office one day, or I was called into the office one day after skipping class or taking sick, one of the two, and um, started off the conversation that escalated very quickly, and Mountain Jamar erupted. And all the anger I've been holding in for years and years, I'd never had an incident like this of exploding on my principal and telling him, you know, the style of teaching I'm, going, I'm undergoing is BS and all these other things that I can't even remember. I'm so irate in the moment. Um, led me to being told, you know, Jamar, I don't think you should stay here at school today. 
flew this one on Thursday, so Friday was the next day. I think I had stayed home. Um, but I came back in that following Monday and we sat down. My parents and I sat down with a couple other principals and we talked about the next steps and what my options should be. Um, and one was to stay at the traditional high school with more critiques schedule as they had the past nine years of my life. Or option two would have been to go to the alternative high school um, where parents and I thought that would have been a good idea just because of the student uh, body there um, would not have benefited me anymore. And option a traditional three was alternative high school, like a traditional. Yes. Yeah. yeah traditional we alternative high school. Yeah. Just a different uh, offsite. Um, option three was to go to Iowa Big, and when my principal was telling me that, you know, it's project based, um, it's community, it's, pro it's project driven, it's project based, passion based, um, in the community integrated, um, in the entrepreneurial, you get to choose what you're learning about. I was sitting there kind of scratching my head, you know, what, why are you offering me this? We both know my behavior and academic record. Um, but so I thought it was another trap. I thought they were just trying to kind of just get me out of there. And so mm -hmm. after learning more about it, I realized that that is what I had been wanting my whole education career. It's something where I can have ownership. I didn't want to sit in front of a classroom and be lectured at. I didn't want to be, you know, locked into the by four walls, by bells, and have my capabilities be based off standardized tests. And Iowa Big was the place exactly opposite of that. And so I decided to join Iowa Big, which that would have been sophomore year. Um, and I would say fairly immediately started to excel. There was about a two-week period where it was a transition of a traditional school to now a school of, you know, freedom, entrepreneurial, choosing what you're learning, you're given this freedom, take ownership, and have agency of your learning. Um, so I shared with you a little bit about the houses of the passion um, and how I want to design homes, but there was no community issue of designing homes. But, you know, Sean said, I have something similar to that that could align with your passions, and that's now that we're deciding to build out a new space here in the lower ge geometric building for Iowa Big. And so I said, yes, I would love to do that. It was aligned with my passions. I felt like it was, I felt very honored that he was granting me that opportunity. And so he kind of just walked away after that. And I had been so used to, a, a, you know, the target on the board every day um, and a curriculum in front of my face for the past 10 years. And so I went back to Sean. I was like, so where are the guidelines? Where are the curriculums? What, like, where do you want me to start? And he yeah, where, what am I like, supposed to do? Yeah. What am I, I'm, I'm, what do I, yeah, you're not telling me what I need to do, so what do I do? And he simply was like, Jamar, that's not my job. It's up for you to decide and figure out how you tackle this real-world problem. I kind of sat back, and I was like, yeah, like, this is kind of what – this is what I had been wanting, and now I'm give, being given the opportunity. So I walked away and lighted. I was totally ecstatic of this opportunity, created this whole project timeline plan. I knew I had to do customer discovery. I had to figure out what my peers, my mentors, and since the community is such a big part of this program, I had to figure out what the community wanted in this environment as well. So I did some customer discovery. I then did research on the psychology of learning, open office spaces, maker spaces, had to learn SketchUp, the 3D drafting software. Um, and did have you ever done those things before? Like, have you ever engaged with the community in that way before? I had not. So that was my first time. So having a business partner and interacting with my peers, my teachers, um, that was the first time I had ever done that. So I went through that process. Um, I had eliminated a couple architectural designs and 
submitted my best one to the building owner, Eric Engelman, where then he was in contact with uh, certified architects and where they looked at my design and it was accepted. Keep in mind, this is at the age of 16. I'm just coming. This is my first semester. I'm now getting an A in English, having a real impact in my community, but at the traditional system, because I'm so based off standardized tests, I was getting a C. The power of hearing student stories of transformation is just incredible. If you don't believe students can, meeting young men like Jamar can change that. If only I could have accomplished half of what he has at his age. Let's jump back in and hear from Jamar and his thoughts on why this type of learning has had an impact on him and what he's up to now. Right. Do you feel like when you started out, could you see the parallels between what you were doing with the community and architectural design to content and learning? So one, my question is really based in a lot of times when we talk about learning through the community and learning in place, people don't see the natural connections to what I consider natural connections to math, science, you know, the arts. Did you as a student see how you were actually addressing content standards through the projects, or was that not clear yet? Um, at that, I did a little bit, and then as years had gone on through Iowa Bank, it would be become more more and more clear to me when I throughout projects. Um, but yeah, like through the research, you know, we have the whole portal uh, called Barbecue, where we can see all of our standards and the progress of each one. Um, so I felt like I was like I was I was reading enough. I was doing mathematics, and I could I totally felt like I was hitting standards as I would in my English class, just in a different mm -hmm. way. I was choosing, you know, kind of a self choice of what articles I was reading, what books at the local library was I going to go get. Um, but I totally felt like I was hitting the standards. Um, so that was my initial project. Time had went on. I also worked with the City of Cedar Rapids and the Iowa State University Design Lab um, on redesigning a historical farm, uh, farm zoo, I should say, here in Cedar Rapids. Um, worked at the city's create educational programming. Throughout my years, I also worked with Shine Hattery, an architecture and engineering consultant firm. On 2008, we had a massive flood that came through Cedar Rapids, um, swept away um, Alliant Energy's utility bridge, is ironically who I'm interning mm. with now in HR and facilities. Um, but we had the ah. utility bridge uh, way back in the day, and it was swept away, but the existing beams were sitting still in the water, and our community leaders were tired of seeing this. So as students worked at the city and came up with this huge idea of what if we connect our bike trails with the pedestrian bridge, and we have this old landfill that we now call Mount Trashmore. We have this idea of doing an outlook deck on top, which is really neat because that outlook deck is actually complete. So it's kind of bittersweet knowing this team and I, you know, on this project, with designing this Outlook deck, it was some of our ideas, and now it's there. Yeah, um, how does that feel when you're doing – how did it feel at that age? I mean, now you're still connected with those folks in Cedar Rapids doing work that you knew was actually going to have a purpose. And how – my second part of the question is how was it working with people in the community? Um, and do you think, you know, Iowa Big prepared you in a more learner-centered style education prepared you to do that. I mean, I get fearful, not fearful, but trepidatious sometimes working with certain adults in my own community. So it's so powerful that you had those experiences at that age, but we'd love to hear yeah. more about what that was like and did it, you know, what value did it bring to you? Yeah. Me personally, I think I was ready for that interaction with adults um, just because of my personality. 
So it was exciting for me that I was having this, you know, knowing that I could possibly have this huge impact on my community and, you know, knowing that my thoughts and ideas were going into it. Um, but it's really rewarding for myself because I can't imagine um, living in Cedar Rapids. Uh, how to put this? Iowa Bank has had an impact. It's impacting um, our economic development, I would say, because for mm-hmm. myself and a few other students, you know, students are wanting to stay here in Cedar Rapids and maybe even around like Des Moines area. But staying here in Iowa because they now have these connections. So I don't think it it helped me out immediately with the connections and the learning that the business partners, um, I guess not learning, but um, knowledge that the business partners were also giving me. But now it's, I've realized, like, wow, without Iowa Big, I wouldn't I wouldn't know the, the mayor or I wouldn't know some of the supervisors or I wouldn't know, you know, all these business owners. And so it's interesting when I talk to my friends, I'm like, oh, that's the, the DeWolfs, and they own little drug company, little drug company that, you know, serves many states here in the country. And they're like, well, how do you know that? It's just those little things like that that add up over right. time. It's probably some of the biggest the things. The power of social capital and networking, right? Right. That goes Absolutely. such a long way. And then if you waited until the end of your high school experience, would you have had those opportunities or those connections? Maybe not, right? So, yeah, yeah that's huge. What else about your experience do you think was impactful? And it could be around working in different places in Cedar Rapids or just the learner-centeredness of Iowa Big? Um, the biggest thing I, I, the biggest thing is having ownership of my learning, being able to fail and being having my failures not be seen as a bad thing, but also a very good thing. I've learned some of the most from my failures, I would say. Um, having an impact, a community that's that's very big self-fulfillment, um, the connections, and I think to dig a little bit deeper, actually interesting, how to actually research, how to actually study, and how to actually mm-hmm. solve a real-world issue without airlocking and turning to my parents or an adult. And right. I noticed that with some of my traditional peers, and it's not bragging in any sort of way. It's just like, wow, you know, I see the relevance of what I would think did for me when I can solve a real-world issue without airlocking or becoming stressed out or seeing it as this big deal of needing an adult to help. Right, and just that trust. So one of the things yep. that I notice at more learner-centered schools and especially schools where students are engaged in their community and exploring place is that, as you said, Sean said, figure this out. And he yeah. really meant that you needed to figure it out. He didn't yeah. know – he may or may not have known about your past and your grades before, but in that moment he had full trust in you that you were going to need to do that and you were going to be responsible. And I think as you're describing, that level of agency does something to a uh, a young person or two adults feeling like I am trusted, I have real responsibility, and the stuff that I'm doing actually matters. Um, I think that's huge. Yep. So leaving Iowa Big towards the end of my Iowa Big career, um, I found a passion um, as a result of Emily um, transforming education. Um, I see good and bad um, and the conventional system, but much more bad than good. Um, and I believe it needs to be reinvented. So. I started Every Vision, which was um, a youth-led initiative to amplify the growth of learner-centered education through the voices and power of students. Um, and that's now under the leadership of 
existing Arabic students, Megan Matson and Jack, um, can't totally tell you what they're up to with the project. I know they're going to get in partnership with the Grantwood uh, Education Agency here in Eastern Iowa and do some workshops with educators um, and PD days there. Um, but I had did some workshops when I was the lead on that project, and um, we did some podcasts, and the project evolved, and it was an up and downhill roller coaster, but it was nice to know that there's a team of students in Cedar Rapids wanting to have a change in education, and that kind of led me to become a fellow with Education Reimagined, um, where I'm at today, uh, work remotely from Cedar Rapids, and then spend about um, a week and a half there about every two weeks um, of the month. Um, and then because of my uh, architectural design, and after speaking for Governor Kim Reynolds last spring, um, I landed an internship with Alliance Energy. Uh, they provide utility services to residents in Wisconsin and Iowa. Um, I'm working, I came on board uh, to work on their One North, which is in their headquarters uh, redesign. They're working to reinvent the workforce for the future, which is really neat, um, so culturally and physically. So I'm able to kind of mm. see a transition in education and also in the workforce, which I think I kind of shared with you at one of the tables one day, um, mm-hmm. Emily. But, so that's really neat. And then I have shifted a little bit into diversity and inclusion efforts, which is that's been really fun. I'm working on reforming um, employee resource groups. So these were in the 1970s and a few corporations, and um, they're groups for individuals with common interests and backgrounds. Um, mm. for networking, professional development, and community engagement. Do for the future. So what are you not doing, Jamar? That's the real <laughs> question. What are you not doing? No, I think that's so powerful, too, especially the um, one of the things, and I know you had mentioned this um, when we chatted before, is that you are kind of thinking about what the workforce looks like, what some of those work-based experiences are, as are we, or as am I, thinking about those things, because when we think about what school looks like and what those experiences look like, say at Iowa Big or at other schools, you have to keep that in mind, right? Like if you yeah. don't, if you hadn't provided 16-year-old Jamar with that experience that was relevant and kids are smart, they know, like, is this going to be something that matters or that's impactful? And is this relevant to the future of Cedar Rapids? You might not have been as engaged. So having that forward-leaning bent, I think, is a really huge. And then same thing as it relates to future of work, uh, diversity, inclusion, what assumptions, biases, what, you know, things are going on in the systems and HR systems we're creating and workforce development systems we're creating that are innately or by design not acknowledging um, the asset and opportunity with bringing in a different workforce. so that's huge. Are you working directly doing that in Cedar Rapids, or it sounds like some work nationally? Yeah, so their headquarters is actually based in Madison, um, but I would say like our second headquarters or another home base is here in Cedar Rapids. And so I worked in mm-hmm. the tower here in Cedar Rapids, um, and been into Madison one or two times. Um, but yeah, more locally, more just working um, reform employee resource groups within the corporation and then uh, facilities efforts. Facilities has been a little hard just with traveling, um, with project mm. management wise and staying up to date. They're good and I mean I've learned a lot with employee resource groups and things like that. So one more question and it's just about this sense of what Ed Reimagine would call open walled learning and experiences. You've described it a little bit, but what would you say the power of having students and just young people 
even though I consider you, I mean, you're an adult, go and have learning experiences that are not within the four walls of a school building, right? You know, Iowa Bigs in a co-working space. Um, so that's a, by design is a good example. But what is the power of having open walled, you know, place-based experiences? I guess the power for myself is being able to, to go and do homework in law. The, uh, the cafe down the road of the coffee shop or, you know, go eat lunch and have a business meeting um, with one of my partners at the local market. Mm. Um, it was me going to the business location and going in their office. So, you know, it's almost like a job shadow every day um, when I was meeting the mm. business partner, you know, being able to see what a real work environment was like and what their job is like. So being able to go to the library and go to the library and go get books and have the city library it was able to be able to go to the museums and, you know, for some of the my social study projects like I had conducted with the Civil Rights uh, Civil Rights um, Commissioner's Office, um, you know, going into the museums and reading back on the Civil Rights History of Cedar Rapids, um, you know, it was being able to have the business partners also come into the school. Um, ah. But from the thinking physically, like literally, it was it's a co-working system. It's a co-working space. You were able to interact with the co-workers. You have the maker space, the big open space, you know, everybody's nice thing physically about open walled is you know, there's no desks, there's no chairs, people are all working on different things. So then the students are able are also able to teach each other. You know, so mm-hmm. I overhear someone talking about, you know, robotics or some brain sensor that they're trying to work on. I'm like, Oh yeah, like tell me about that and then like they spit out all this knowledge and then I'm knowledgeable about it now too. Whereas right. in, you know, the traditional school, you're, you know, 25 kids to a, 25 kids in a class, and you're all learning the same thing. So it's nice that if that hits kind of yeah. what you want to do. I think that's the majority of what I kind of took away. What's your next big dream? That's what I really want to know, so that I can come work for you. <laughs> I'm like, okay, everyone, I'm quitting. I'm going to work for Jamar. <laughs> a big thanks to Jamar for taking time to share his stories and experiences with Emily. And thank you listeners for tuning in today. I think we could all stand to learn something from our students and what their experiences are in our schools. For more on all things innovations and learning, check out our blog at gettingsmart.com. And as we mentioned earlier, be sure to follow along at getting underscore smart and hashtag place-based ed for updates and details around our new book coming in 2020, as well as great content along the way. Okay, that's it for today, listeners. For the Getting Smart Podcast, this is Jessica signing off.